Maybe a little closer to you, it's quite close to me. Uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> welcome to a to me or not to a to me. Welcome. We are still doing some thoracic imaging. Never and ending. we're going to talk about slightly boring and they seem to bang on about it, but just to cover it. I think try and let's try and make it quick. Pulmonary hypertension. Bing bang bong. What's the definition of pulmonary hypertension? Oh gosh. <laughs> Are you talking about like the clinical blood pressure? Yeah. Oh, it's like a systolic blood pressure that's more than 35 above your normal or... No? No. no. Uh, pulmonary arterial hypertension defined as pulmonary arterial systolic pressure greater than 25 millimetres of mercury at rest or 30... Yeah, so greater than 25 over your normal systolic blood pressure. No, just 25 uh, millimetres of mercury. Within... But clinically, how do people measure that? Unless With you've a got a... Swans gun yeah. yeah. Oh, so I don't think it's actually, actually what we use. normally measured. Fine. You just assume yeah. someone has it if they've got the things. But okay. that is the Sorry, definition. thank you. Um, More than 25? Yeah. Then at... At rest or... 30 during exercise. Why would you be measuring it during exercise? It's nonsense. Nonsense. Um, you see... Oh, yeah, sorry, sorry. Yeah, that makes more sense. Thank you. <laughs> so, pulmonary hypertension uh-huh. clinically is used to describe pulmonary artery and pulmonary venous, venous hypertension, but pulmonary artery hypertension is its own thing, um, it, and it's the WHO class 1 entities. Yeah. We'll talk about that later. Mm-hmm. So it's just a, you know, if you've got like a pedantic 2B examiner, yeah. you could make that distinction. Um, but clinically, it's difficult to distinguish pulmonary artery from pulmonary venous hypertension. Um, and then pulmonary venous hypertension can cause pulmonary artery hypertension. Yeah. Uh, elevated venous. So we've talked about pulmonary artery measuring. Yeah. And then pulmonary venous pressures. That's when you do your pulmonary capillary wedge pressure. And that's if it's greater than 18 millimetres of mercury. Just some numbers to know. So tell me about, like, how we classify pulmonary hypertension. No, tell me about how it presents, actually. Because I'm patient. It's not written anywhere. Oh, um, maybe breathless. Um, might have a murmur. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not what someone goes to the GP with no. breathlessness could they have chest pain not one of my okay. things uh, fat edematous feet that's all sort of heart failure um, I've got the classic presentation <laughs> progressive shortness of breath so okay. it's getting worse a cough oh, yeah. fatigue yeah and hemoptysis. Oh, oh I wouldn't have thought that. Yeah. Some slightly weird ones. Um, don't, don't fall apart with me. Stay with me. I know, sorry. Get a focus. That's really <laughs> uh, so, tell me about different... Classification. Classification. There's two. Yeah. One we've mentioned, it's the who. Yeah. And the other one is pre-capillary and post-capillary. Yeah, exactly. Tell me about some, like, classic... Just, like, throw ball, throw at me some, like, classic causes of pulmonary hypertension and we'll talk about how we classify all of them. them yeah yeah just some like classics so you can have CTEF which, which is... is chronic thromboembolic pulmonary hypertension yeah. you can have um like 
um, left heart issues causing pulmonary heart pulmonary hypertension yeah. you can have venoclusive disease causing yeah. pulmonary hypertension separately you can have pulmonary embolism causing yeah. pulmonary hypertension um and i think and i guess i think like fibrosis yeah exactly so basically anything can cause pulmonary yeah. hypertension is sort of where i was going with that let's talk about pre-capillary and post-capillary okay what does that mean so it's whether the thing that's causing the obstruction of flow, as I see it in my head, yeah. is pre-capillary or post-capillary. Yeah, so pre-capillary so it's going to be more, pre-capillary is going to be more artery, pulmonary artery. Mm-hmm. Post-capillary is going to be more pulmonary vein. Yeah. Um, so pre-capillary is going to be more like a pea. Yes. Um, pre-capillary is probably also oh no post capillary will probably be the left heart stuff yeah um the only other thing to add to the pre-capillary okay. is um when you get abnormalities of the pulmonary parenchyma that give you chronic alveolar hypoxia that's class so is that like fibrosis that's like fibrosis okay uh, that kind of thing exactly chronic lung stuff. yeah those kind of things okay um and then post-capillary, as you said, that's abnormalities in the pulmonary veins or elevation of the pulmonary venous pressure. Yeah. Which is because of the right, the left heart stuff. Yeah. Um, very good. So then the WHO clinical classification, you've got five groups, and that's based on etiology. There's no correlation with the pre- and post-capillary classification. And in one, in a single group, you can have both of those causes. So I think let's just run through them. So group one is called pulmonary arterial hypertension. So although we're calling all of this pulmonary hypertension, this is pulmonary arterial hypertension. And you can get primary pulmonary hypertension. Oh, yeah. PPH. Mm -hmm. Idiopathic or familial. Tell me about... um, congenital heart disease and what that can do tetralogy of fallow is that what you're talking about no i'm talking about any oh any congenital heart disease Mm -hmm. how could that cause a pulmonary hypertension well because if you had left-sided heart problems that way so post-capillary no that's not blaming oh i'm talking about pulmonary arterial hypertension pulmonary arterial if you've got a well, I guess if you've got like a septal defect. Yeah, tell me more about that. Um, you haven't got normal flow of blood. It's yeah. all mixing. Yeah. So your um, pulmonary trunk is going to try and like compensate for that. In what way? It's... <laughs> it's a syndrome. Are you talking about not to try to do a fire? Oh, eyes and mangas, the shunt reversal. Yeah, what happens there? That's, I think, usually when you've got both atrial and ventricular septal defects, and um, which affect the normal direction of flow, and then you get compensation and then the reversal, complete shunt reversal. Yeah. So rather than you get left to right and then right to left? Yeah. Yeah. Why does that cause pulmonary hypertension? Oh. I'm asking about the pathology here. Uh, left You're to fanning right. fanning around the issue. And then right to left. Why does that cause pulmonary hypertension? 
because rather than your blood going out of the aorta, it keeps on getting pumped by your pulmonary artery. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got a left to right shunt yeah. for whatever reason. Yeah. Whether that's a, sep- a like ventricular septal, atrial septal. Yeah. A weird tetralogy that's been fixed somehow, anything. Yeah. You've got that left to right shunt. The right should be low pressure, the left should be high pressure. Mm-hmm. So you're getting high pressure pushed into the right system. So the pulmonary arterial system has to compensate. So it's dealing with that high pressure. So it becomes like so thickened. It becomes thickened, it becomes like less elastic. And when it gets to a certain point, it's then so much higher. You're getting this pulmonary artery hypertension because of these changes. You probably get pulmonary stenosis if you soon. Oh, no, oh, no, no. Those are two separate issues. Do you mean pulmonary valve stenosis? No, just like pulmonary trunk stenosis to compensate. No, no, yeah. no, 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 no. You're lo- it's you're you're losing like the there's uh, a word for it. Let me think of it. This compliance. You're losing uh, the compliance in those vessels. Yeah. So then the pressure goes up. up keeps going up, keeps going up, and then you get isomenga when you then get the right to left shunt. And that is because of pulmonary artery hypertension. Yeah. Okay. Uh, other causes um, of pulmonary arterial hypertension. So this can be caused by venous things. Do you remember we said you can get pulmonary venous hypertension that can go back and cause pulmonary artery hypertension? Okay. So things like veno-occlusive disease, uh-huh. pulmonary veno-occlusive disease, and pulmonary capillary hemangiomatosis cause that like back pressure and the pulmonary artery lack of, like you lose that compliance mm-hmm. and it becomes hypertensive. Group two is pulmonary venous hypertension. So tell me some. So that's going to be your, oh God, left heart stuff. Yeah. Such um... as. Tell me some things. Like mitral valve. Yeah. Or, um, I don't know, left atrial stuff. I don't know. Yeah. So left atrial, left ventricular, mitral aortic valve disease. Yeah. And so then you get, you're getting an elevated pulmonary venous pressure because the left heart's not pumping away as it should. Yeah. Um, so everything's against resistance. Everything gets pushed up. Yeah. So that's group two. Then group three is pulmonary hypertension associated with chronic hypoxemia. Can you think of some reasons you'd have chronic hypoxemia? Emphysema? COPD? COPD, yeah, other. Um, fibrosis? No. That's actually not on here, but um, I would assume it would be. It would be. Uh, chronic hypoxemia. Oh, yeah, interstitial anesthesia, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Sorry. And um, then sleep apnea is a weird one. Uh, um, so they cause pulmonary hypertension in chronic disease. So that's sort of in our pre-capillary causes, that's like you get chronic alveolar hypoxia. It's not working as well, it's damaged. Yeah. And I, I think of it as like damage to the capillaries in the like And we consider that pre capillary. That's like pre capillary. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, and then there is group four, which mm. is pulmonary hypertension due to chronic thromboembolic disease, which seems to be your favourite thing in the world. Well, just because I like the sound of the acronym. Okay. And then group five is pulmonary hypertension due to miscellaneous disorders. Oh. Any thoughts on some miscellaneous disorders? Sarcoid. No, oh, really nice. Sarcoid, yeah. Any others? No, that's really. Um, <laughs> compression of pulmonary vessels. 
so that which can be due to neoplasm, fibrosing, mediastinitis. Mm-hmm. That can all cause it. Those are my other ones. Uh, tell me what it. Oh no, there's a whole other thing here. Hang on. Mm. Oh heavens! Above. That's what I thought we were. Right. I prefer I'm that. About this. Sorry, we'll maybe I should have said. We'll go back to it. Group one. Tell me. We've said already, haven't we? Yeah. So with we're classifying. Is this pulmonary artery? Hypertension. How many artery hypertension? Yes. And within that causes include PPH. Yeah. Um, oh, yes, I remember this now. Yeah. What's the pathological hallmark of PPH? I don't know. A plexiform lesion in the wall of the muscular arteries, which is a focal disruption of the elastic lamina. So surely you can only see this under the microscope. Yeah, this is pathological. Yeah. Oh, sorry, yeah. Um, Focal disruption of the elastic lamina by an obstructing plexus of endothelial channels. There is a relative paucity of prostacyclins and nitrous oxide expressed by endothelial cells. I'll just say that because I can imagine that being in a two-way question. Okay. Um, I fucking hope not. Well, they'd say something like there's a funny bit of endothelial line on pathology. Um, it can be idiopathic, but... Who gets it more? Men or women. women. Women, thank you. And it can be familial. Yeah. Um, and then there's a sort of classic finding on imaging. For PPH? Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Typically, enlargement of the main pulmonary arteries oh, with yeah. rapidly tapering peripheral vessels. Okay. Fine. Um, some other things. So let's go back to... Do we want to go through shunts again? No. 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 Uh, it leads to but I prefer the way this yeah, separates yeah, the categories. Yeah. yeah. Do you want to start this episode again? Really? No, not really, but this is just a bit easier to understand, isn't it? Yeah. But it's fine. We'll just keep going. We'll keep going. It's, it's or do you good. think we should? No, it's good no. um, to have to go it over said it. a few times. Yeah, so. exactly. Okay. So the shunts, as you said to me, you get increased flow through the pulmonary arterial bed. Yeah. This chronically increased flow leads to an irreversible vasculopathy, which leads to the pulmonary hypertension, and that can lead to the reversal of the congenital shunt, which is isomengas. Yeah. So it's not that isomengas leads to the pulmonary artery hypertension. No, that is when that happens. Exactly. It's called isomengas. Um, imaging, how might this look? Oh. Not... So it's actually similar to PPH, okay. in that there's enlargement of the central and main pulmonary arteries and peripheral tapering. tapering. Okay. Um, venoocclusive disease. I didn't. This confused me. I didn't know what the hell pulmonary venoocclusive disease was. I've never heard of it. It's wild. I know. Do you know anything about it? Tell I me. just remember it, it confused me because when I read it, I straight away I was thinking of like pulmonary embolism. Oh, I it's And then suddenly I started reading it. And I was like, oh no, this is not no. PEs. So I can't. Remember. So it's secondary to. Uh, no, sorry. It is caused by fibrotic obliteration of the pulmonary veins and venules. Can be idiopathic, but is also associated with pregnancy, drugs. Any particular drug you remember? Oh, don't tell me, don't tell me. Yeah. I'm gonna look up what this drug does one moment. So sorry. It's a drug. Oh, I know. I've got a feeling it's something to do with ophthalmology. Oh god. <laughs> one moment, please. Oh no, certainly not. <laughs> it's a medication used to treat cancer. Including lymphoma, methotrexate, no, oh, fuck. Uh, bleomycin, oh, fuck. 
So the story would be that, like, someone on Blair Mason. Yeah. Um, so what we, happens essentially is you fuck the wall of the vessel. And you what? Excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> right too. Is that right? Yeah. So you've got the fibrosis yeah. of the veins. So yeah. you've not lost your elasticity, you've lost yeah. your compliance. Um, pregnancy. So, so it's kind of pregnant. the same as the shunting because yeah. you lose your elasticity that way. Yeah, yeah, it's another way of losing it. It's the like, other side. Yeah. yeah. Um, pregnancy. So it can be idiopathic, can be pregnancy, can be drugs, especially bleomycin, which is a chemotherapy agent. Mm-hmm. Um, and bone marrow transplant is the other one. Yeah. I saw graft versus host disease today. Oh, really? I called it. I felt like a legend. On CT? Yeah. Um, and then imaging features. Any thoughts? Of veno-occlusive disease. So, as I think with all of them, you get <laughs> pulmonary arterial enlargement, mm-hmm. but then you can get features like of pulmonary edema, Okay. So like ground grass, central. Lobby, okay, nodules, that makes sense to nodules. me. It's a bit like no, diffuse nodules. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's like because all of those vessels are weird. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, and then we're moving on to who group two. Which do you remember what that was? Pulmonary venous. Thank you so much. I didn't. <laughs> Tell me. Uh, pulmonary venous. <laughs> um, so I'm having. I'm now giving you a cause, aren't I? Yeah. Pulmonary. Which you've already told. Oh, me. is this the left heart stuff? Yeah. Yeah, any left-sided lesion can cause pulmonary venous hypertension, left ventricular outflow tract lesions, mitral stenosis, and an obstructing intraatrial tumour or thrombus. That's a good one, so like a weird myxoma or yeah. whatever they're called. Uh, okay, who group three? Yeah. Do you remember what these were? Um, no. It's a bit of a worrying message to get. Read that in a minute. Oh God! And <laughs> um, this was what's the name of it? Pulmonary hypertension associated with chronic hypoxemia. Oh yeah. So this is when you've got chronic hypoxemia, either COPD, interstitial lung disease, or like sleep apnea. Thank you. Um, and you've essentially destroyed your alveolar spaces. Yeah. And therefore get pulmonary hypertension. Yeah. So I'm just going to read the blurb. Yeah. Chronic hypoxic vasoconstriction is thought to invoke vascular remodeling, leading to hypertrophy of the pulmonary arterial vascular smooth muscle and interval thickening. So they're trying to get better at pumping blood to the crap alveolar. Chronic lung disease can further contribute to obliteration of the pulmonary microvasculature through emphysema and perivascular fibrotic change of pulmonary fibrosis. Happy? Went a bit over my head, but yeah, happy. You'll understand it completely when yeah. you back, I've no doubt. <laughs> so basically it means that, um, so because you've got something that's causing this hypoxic state, the arteries try and compensate by sending more blood. So they become more arterial, basically. So um, oh, yeah. they get bigger, okay. the smooth muscle gets more like arterial and the intima gets thicker. In my mind, that's like, they're trying to bulk up to get more blood into the lungs because um, the, because it doesn't realize that there's nothing there it just thinks it needs more oxygen exactly and so more, then you're yeah. losing that like it's expecting a higher pressure you yeah. get a system that needs a higher pressure yeah almost. um and then you get further problems because you've got your emphysema and your fibrosis that process going on your 
you're not just hypoxic you're making things worse yeah. it's like, like destroying all the you've got less capillaries anyway you're not listening. I'll move on. No, no, I am. And then your favourite, tell me. CTF. Yeah. Chronic thromboembolic. Yeah. Pulmonary hypertension. Peas. Yeah. Is that what you mean? Peas. <laughs> Where does it come from? Yeah. So it's, usually you get like central, quite central PEs that are there chronically, and therefore you get this build up of like blood trying to go over these defects filling defects yeah and then that causes yeah how many damage. people get it oh no idea one to five percent of patients who have an acute PE then get, get this, con- oh. which is a wildly high That's number too. yeah um so you said it was central how do you know if something is a chronic thrombus as opposed to an acute PE Ooh, great question Oh, so you look at the, how the filling defect looks. An acute PE, mm. the filling defect is usually going to be like a circular thing with surrounding contrast around it. Whereas a chronic thing is probably going to occupy the side of the vessel and it's going to be more, is it lamina the word? I'm not sure. Eccentric. Eccentric, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then you can also, in the more chronic state, see fibrous strands. Oh, yeah. Um, and you can get kind of a mosaic perfusion pattern in the lungs. In the lungs. Okay. Yeah. And you can also get something happens to your bronchial arteries, sort of collateralizing. Okay. What might they look like? Tree and bud? No. No. Where are your bronchial arteries? I thought they were in the middle of the lobule. Um, where do your bronchial arteries arise from? Oh, God. Where do your bronchial arteries arise from? Yeah, it's not pulmonary artery. No. Something with oxygen. <laughs> Correct. What's the big thing with oxygen? Aorta. Yeah, they come from the aorta. <laughs> um, so they go like out from the aorta. Yeah. They're like paired coming out. You normally don't see them. Yeah. But if you um, see them, that's bad. If you see them, it's bad, and it. You can get like corkscrew bronchial arteries. That's classic of CTF, um, torturous and dilated. Okay. Um, what is the surgical treatment for CTF? Oh, um, thrombectomy. Thrombectomy. Endarterectomy. Oh, which is the same as a carotid endarterectomy. Yeah. Yeah. To go in and just take the plaque out. Um, What's the difference between thrombectomy and all the basket? Is that not similar? Um. So thrombectomy, you are taking the clot out, mm-hmm. whereas end arterectomy, you're taking the endothelial. So ring. all the plaque stuff. Yeah. Okay, as yeah. well. Okay, so it's a bit. So I assume because it's a chronic, it's like gone onto the side like of the wall. Merged. Take yeah. All of that fibrotic, like fibrotic. So that's cool. Um, then there's one more that's in my Who Group Five. Do you remember what Who Group Five was? Miscellaneous. Oh yes, which were sarcoid. Mm. And you did tell me a few others. Mm. I was listening, so I am going to remember. Sarcoid. And malignancy? Yeah. Pressing on, like, yeah. those, the vasculature. There's another one. It's a weird one. Give me a hint. Um, one moment, please. Don't look at the answer. Oh. <laughs> the most common cause of this yeah. is your favourite. TV. Yeah. 
you get oh i don't know how else to give you a clue <laughs> so you get granulomatous infection um, yeah which is from like a histoplasmosis or tb are the most common yeah. causes and that causes something that then leads to like encasement and compression of lots of mediastinal structures cavitation no um uh, it's a weird one. It's not the calcified nodes, no. You probably will see calcified nodes, yeah. Fibrosing mediastinitis. Oh, yeah, you this. So it's progressive proliferation of fibrous tissue within the mediastinum. You can get encasement and compression of the mediastinal structures. The most common cause are histoplasmosis and TB. Um, if you encase the pulmonary veins... That leads to permanent histological changes in the endothelial cells. You can also encase the pulmonary arteries, creating like a pre-capillary. So it can be pre or post-capillary. Yeah. Um, and the imaging fe- features, so you'd see mediastinal soft tissue, like increased yeah. amount of it. You, as you said, calcified lymph nodes, because they've got like this granulomatous infection. Okay. So what I've really got to tell you. Do you not feel a bit like it's all merged into one of it? Anyways, I hope if I get asked, I can give a sense. I of think um, I feel like it it merges into one, but if you, I think it's useful to think about it as like pre and post capillary. Yeah, and that's agreed. Why we continue to do so, and I feel that I my think, brain liked that version. Yeah, yeah, but I don't think that stops you from using the who grading as well as a way to then think Separate about those things. things. Yeah. Okay. I wouldn't get upset. Which whole grown pH, PVH, shunts. Whoa! PAH, yeah. PVH, yeah. Shunts. Mm, v- no. uh, PVH is shunt. Okay. Uh, no, PAH has got shunts in it. Oh, yeah. Okay, and then? So PAH is one. Two is PVH. Group three is the chronic hypoxia. Yeah. Group four is... Tita. Your fave. And then oh, random. Miscellaneous. miscellaneous. Okay. Um, what's the time? 25, 26. Few things on PEs that yeah. I've just picked up. Um, because like we see hundreds of PEs, so yeah. boring. I've missed two recently. Oh, how embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Um, on a plane film, because I feel like this is classic TV. Um, bilateral Hyler. Yes, what's that called? Not sure. This is the Fleshner sign. Oh, bloody Fleshner. Uh, widening of the pulmonary arteries due okay. to clot. Okay. Yes, very nice. Um, and then there are two other signs you might see on a plain film. Plain film. film. Mm. Uh, you lose the pulmonary, like aortic pulmonary window. No, that's more no. pulmonary hypertension. Um, peripheral segmental consolidation. Almost. Okay. You get something called Hampton's Hump. <laughs> <coughs> which so is like. a peripheral wedge-shaped opacity, which is the pulmonary infarct. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of what I said. Yeah, yeah. And then the other one is a Westermark sign, which I couldn't work out. England, it. England, <laughs> England. <laughs> I'm, I'm embarrassed everybody in the pub because I was in. Everybody's in. I went like this. 